Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Will you please welcome your host, Jim Fixed It, for him to have his own interview show. It's Richard Herring. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as some of the cool kids are calling it now, Rahel Lesterpo. Well, how many cool kids are in tonight? It's incredible. Uh, it's um, last week I tried out doing uh, sort of Peter Kay material. Who, who remembers that? Do you remember? It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Heckler preempted my joke. But he hasn't got a microphone. No one knows that he did that at home. So, um, uh, it's been, so I'll go through the news. There's some been good, good news this week. It's all terrible fucking news. And it's very hard to do comedy about uh, the news. I, I'm very, the uh, Conservatives are doing their party conference. But they're not going to allow the mansion tax, which uh, you know, I can understand. Because, uh, you know... They all live in mansions. Uh, they gave a good reason, though, for not having the mansion tax, which was that they were worried about the old ladies who've been living in a house for a long time that suddenly become worth a million pounds. So it's, it's good that they're caring. That's, what, that's why they're not bringing it in. Um, they, could, they are in charge of the government. They could just have a thing where they don't, they don't have to pay it. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, that's the reason they don't want it. And uh, there's been a... Diff- you see, the Rothko painting has been defaced uh, by... A man uh, wrote his name in the corner. It's no monkey Jesus, is it? That's the thing, that's... If you... It's been set, the bar has been set with monkey Jesus, just writing your name in a corner. That can come off as well, they can get rid of that. The thing with the monkey Jesus, there's no way of getting... That was done in such a way. There's no way of getting back to the original. Um, but it's quite a good, I thought it's quite a good publicity thing, because, you know, if you do that, you get in the in the papers, if you just draw on another drawing that someone else has done. I'm not very good at art, so that's kind of quite a good, good way of me getting in a gallery, is just to paint something I like. It would probably be a cock, I have to admit. Uh, but if anyone wants to publicise uh, this podcast, go to a, a national gallery near you. Just write RLSTV on any of the... Don't do that, please don't do that. Uh, I'll get into such trouble. Um, and uh, the main news, of course, uh, Jimmy Savile... Uh, The thing about Jimmy Savile, right, the, the, all the room, everyone's saying, oh, where the, we all knew he was doing it. Every, all the, everyone, why didn't they do anything about it? But I'd never heard those rumours. I'd heard, I'd heard different rumours. I knew about Jimmy Savile that haven't yet come out. And those are the things that people were talking about. Uh, when he died, I tweeted, uh, does someone want to check that he's actually dead? He might just have thought of a way of getting into the mortuary for the night. Uh, and... Um, Wake up in the morning, oh, no, I'm fine. Um, those are the kind of what more worrying rumours. Uh, someone tweeted me at the time, so how dare you? How dare you mock Jimmy Savile? I'd be interested if you to tweet me again, that person, tweet me again about that joke now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's made it difficult. I do a lot of work for charity, and it's because I care about but, oh, people. Now I can't talk about my charity work that I don't like to talk about in case people think I'm only doing it so that I could get away with all the crimes I've done. Um, <laughs> someone, uh, someone graffitied his, uh, it might be the same guy who did the Rothko, he might just be going around. There's a plaque to Jimmy Savile saying he's a DJ and presenter and uh, lover of children. Uh, and um, <laughs> and uh, they put kind of paedophile and rapist on there, but not, not in the same lettering. I think they should have worked harder. <laughs> 
If they knew that he was doing it, would they, maybe they should just not have let him present kids' shows. Don't you think that would have been the... Uh, but uh, innocent until proven guilty in a court of law as far as I'm concerned ITV does not count as a court of law uh, but uh, look we're going to get straight on with our, with our proper show uh, and um, got two fantastic guests for you uh, one of them is best known as the vicar from Mr Bean's Holiday <laughs> you may know him and the other one uh, was Davy. he's going to be Davy in Henry the Fourth Part 2 that's not a part. In it. There's no one called Davy in Shakespeare. That's, they've just tricked him to go along. Yeah, you're playing Davy. In Davy? In Henry the Fourth Part. Yes, yeah, a good part. Uh, you will know them better. Steve Pemberton and Rhys Shearsmith, ladies and gentlemen. Here they are. Here they are. They're coming in. Well, no, look at that disaster. It's all right, nothing's like. Come on in, sit, sit where you like. Whichever. Rhys has hurt his back a bit. How's your back, Reese? Is that chair okay for you? We're getting. See if it's all right. He's, yes. he's coming in his anorak. I've done my back in. He's hurt his back. I was um, in a film recently, uh, last week, and uh, I think I've broken my bottom of my back, but I'm all right. I'm here now, aren't I? It's amazing what you have to do for the directors these days to get. That's why. <laughs> That's why I've never been in any films. He was, I'm playing, not he was playing Wayne in Richard III. Has <laughs> <laughs> that come out yet, the Dave, Dave, the part of Davey? That's not, that's not a real... It was. That's not a real character. <laughs> Do you know, because I expect you, you two get a lot of uh, people shouting your catchphrases at you in the street. So after you've done that, I'm sh- I have a lot of people been shouting, there's a dish of leather coats for you at you. <laughs> I can't believe that? I would. Have you, they, have um, they been shouting at you? It. That's one of your lines, isn't it? It was. The only line. Was it? I know you had seven or eight. No worse than they are backbiters, sir, for they have marvellous foul linen. That was cut. Was it? <laughs> they can't cut out of Shakespeare. Of course you can't. You have to, otherwise I would watch it. I beseech you, sir. <laughs> This is my favorite. Uh, this is what, if you see him in the street, kids shout, he loves it when you shout this at him in the streets. I beseech you, sir, to countenance William Vowser of against Clement Perks over the hill. Over the hill. Yeah. I didn't say that one. <laughs> yeah. Shout that at him, he loves it. Uh, and, <laughs> and how was Mr. Bean's holiday for you? <laughs> for you? How did that? Is that? It was great fun. I didn't get to go on the holiday, though. Oh, I was no. I was in uh, in rainy London. No, it was directed by Steve Benderlack. Oh, was it? Who, uh, who uh, we both know and worked with. <laughs> yes. And uh, he directed The League of Gentlemen and very kindly uh, asked me to uh, to go and, and do a, a small part in this film. But it was the only thing I've ever worked on where I had my own trailer. Wow. Like, you know, you could walk to one end and there's a bed, <laughs> walk to the other end and there's a fridge full proper Winnebago trailer nice and didn't tell me about that yeah <laughs> did Davey get a Winnebago was there <laughs> no he didn't little so. caravan at the back I was uh, I didn't have anything I was didn't stood he? in the street he's <laughs> <laughs> got a few looks <laughs> yeah no it, it was uh, why are you asking me about Davey because I like to find the most obscure because everyone else would ask you boring questions about Papa Lazarus yeah, and stuff, no. and you don't want to no, talk no. about that. No. no one wants to hear about that, right, do they? So, uh, no one does. People, no one does. They're all interested. They're all going to be going out and getting... Is it, is it, in, the, is it in that? Because I've just DVD. ordered the set on, on Love Film. I'm, I'm looking to look out for it. What, Henry, the Hollow Crown? That, is it like the three of the Hollow Crown. I've yes, just ordered yeah. it on Love Film. I'm only in one. I'm, I can't wait. When you're on, I'm going to nudge my wife, guy. I know him in real life. Yeah. You'd actually be a good Falstaff, I think, Richard. Um, 
I never get asked to do anything. I could do Toby Belch in uh, Twelve Nights like that. You could. Um, I'm, I like a bit of Shakespeare. No one asked me to do acting. I felt jobs. I had to say yes because it was Richard Eyre who directed the musical I just did. It was directing it. He said, "Oh, I've got a part for you." <laughs> I thought, oh, God, brilliant, I'm going to be in the Shakespeare. Yes, it's the Davy. And I was like, right. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> I'd just been the lead in this musical that would be like a proper part. But yes, it was one. <laughs> but, I've, you know, it was an honour to do it. And I'm very yeah. proud to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people talk about it. And there are Davies. Yeah, yeah. Davy. We'll never forget Davy now, will we? From, I've been given a chair on wheels today, which is kind of unusual. I might this gives a little bit of jeopardy to the front row. I mean, look, I've turned a bit like Davros. I, can, I did in the pre in the pre warm up. I did talk about it being like Jimmy Savile's chair. Do you, do you want to, <laughs> yes, uh, Jim will fix it. it. You could get things out. Of get little things out of my yeah, pocket. Yeah. Did you ever write to Jim will fix it? I did. I don't know if I did. You know, I once wrote to Terry Wogan. This is hilarious. When I was eighteen and I was unemployed and my year off. Uh, before going to Oxford University. I wrote and saying, it's very hard to get work in the country now. Why don't I come on the Terry Wagon show as like a, <laughs> as like a, a correspondent who will talk about trying to get work? Because that's what people would really want to see when an 18-year-old Oxford undergraduate who just can't get a summer job <laughs> complaining about... They, they never replied. Terry Wogan never replied. Never replied. Never replied. I'm not saying he touches kids. <laughs> There's a conspiracy of science. They're all involved. Anyone who works at the BBC. I don't work at the BBC. That's why. I went in. They said, well, are you prepared to touch kids? And I said, I would never do that. <laughs> and they said, well, you can't, you can't have a job here. <laughs> it's called the PBC. <laughs> but you've both got some work coming up at the, uh, yeah, the BBC. Do, yeah. <laughs> we we do. Um, we Just support we give it too serious. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. It's funny talking about those kind of rumours of, of uh, the, the, the television presenters that you know we had growing up because. Um, the, Jimmy Savile, like you say, was almost an open secret and almost like a joke, and now it's become this horrific reality mm. but I just wonder which other of those kind of rumours is now going to come true I mean <laughs> for years I convinced um, Reese that uh, Johnny Morris and Tony Hart were a couple <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it was so plausible, <laughs> and I think he still half believes it. I do. And I also remember what I told you. <laughs> what um, I, Wait, I, the Queen poos out of her mouth. No. <laughs> he did. The Queen mum poos out of my mouth and bites off the ends of the. <laughs> and that's why her teeth are that colour. That's what you told me. That wasn't me. It wasn't you. I've only known you since you were 18. You can't <laughs> believe that. No, it was when we, we... There's a play by David Mamet called Oleana. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we, we'd been to see it in the West End, and it's about this lecturer who uh, has this kind of fraught relationship with one of his students. And uh, I said, oh, do you know they're doing a touring version of it with Paul Shane and Sue Pollard? <laughs> and... Um, and I said, I've read about it in Time Out. And he got, no, I can't believe it. Because <laughs> we'd seen David Suchet do it in the West End. And, um, That's hey, fucking ridiculous. Paid... There's fucking actors that could do those parts. I would have paid to see that, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would definitely go to see that. Are they, are they still alive, both of them? 
Yes, I've worked with Sue. Yeah. Yeah, she was in Benidorm. Of course and, she was. And Paul Shane, <laughs> my friend Darren, who writes Benidorm, um, sent me a photograph of Paul Shane in Alicante Airport being pushed along in one of those, uh, you know, special passenger. It's not funny. Um, <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's a bit infirm, but he still goes yeah. over there to pushed do... Pushed along the, in what? You know those infirm... <laughs> well, wheelchairs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Special, but they're not special, special passengers. Special, well, they have special ones at airports. I didn't know about that. That's for first-class passengers sometimes. They just push yeah. you around. Yeah, peanuts added. <laughs> and then here, there's cashews. Anyway, the casting is still on. It's still possible. Yeah. Uh, they are both with us, yeah. We can make that happen. That's the power of the Rich Herring. Rich will <laughs> fix it for you. I will. <laughs> yeah, Shane Ritchie was going to bring that back, wasn't he? Do you think they'll... Oh, yeah. Shane Ritchie did one episode. I thought it was wrong at the time, but now... Comparatively, yeah. <laughs> actually, both of them have squeezed Colleen, 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 Colleen Nolan's breast, haven't they? That's because there's that picture. Maybe that's the power of getting into Jim will fix it. It's in. There's that. Have you seen the Jimmy Savile? I like. He was so blatant about it. It's unbelievable that no one. Would, there's a he's film of him. The Nolans are, and he's got. He's up on a balcony with Colleen, who was 15, and he's cuddling her and just basically squeezing her breasts, supporting but, her. Yeah, but maybe it's maybe it's the breast that is the power. Anyone who squeezed that. Can, can then <laughs> like a hunchback a lucky hump yeah yeah. I haven't squeezed it so I can't <laughs> what why are you looking at me like that for <laughs> she's like a woman now like you could do now it'd be alright uh, so let's um... it's awful they can cut it out it's awful we can cut it out we're not going to though that's, that's the way so I remember well, we, we, you know, we sort of ch- Crossed paths, I guess, in the Edinburgh Fringe to begin with. I remember seeing the League of Gentlemen. I think the first time I saw the League of Gentlemen, in fact, was at the Canal Cafe, I think after the Edinburgh Fringe, maybe. Would that have been on before? When you used to do... It started off with you doing it in dinner jackets and, uh, and sticking sellotape on your face is my main yeah, memory of did, that. Yeah, that was yeah. your prosthetics. Yes, that was the... Uh the extent of it we just thought we'd uh, it was just all about being quick and that was what we thought we would do just kind of um, very quickly depict a character and then the tuxedos was a ironical nod to it being kind of like Oxbridge but being actually not that being quite well dark. it was just a blank canvas really that you could put the characters onto yeah um, but it's funny we're standing behind this uh, elegant front cloth here <laughs> and looking at set lists that are pinned to the wall and you kind of take them back to that kind of feverish yes. uh, time when you kind of you would rush off stage and we'd look on the list what's next it said local shop 2 get this bit of sellotape shit it's all <laughs> folded in on itself <laughs> like you're trying to wrap a present and you need to get somewhere really quickly and it all folds in on itself so sometimes uh, there were only one or two occasions I went out as tubs and no, it was just completely normal. Didn't get a laugh. <laughs> so we owe all the laughs to the sellotape. The sellotape. And then you presumably you had to go into the BBC and then did you say, I want to do a sellotape? And then someone said, no, you have to have this special yeah, thing made. Yeah, I remember it being a big thing that we would leave that... I mean, there was talk, wasn't even talk, was doing it in tuxedos, filmed? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there was, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so it was hard to think, well, are we going to just play, what, will the audience mind that it's just over and over again, us playing the same three things? That was a, a worry to us, but it didn't seem to, in the end, it was, it was fine because the looks were different. But it was a, a treat and quite scary to think, right, what do they finally look like if we're going to make yeah, yeah. Pauline look like what she's going to have? And, well, it's hard know, to, to reimagine me, them backwards now, to know, you yeah. just being you guys standing in. I mean, it was that tiny little, those, those Edinburgh shows. and the, Yeah, because Steve, uh, with, as Pauline on stage, was just a pair of red-rimmed glasses. I've still got them with chains on and a clipboard with Pauline written on it. And that, to me, is kind of still Pauline. 
with your hair but and just the glasses but then suddenly it was this full-on drag yeah. character it was like oh my god this is this is now pauline it's weird we had to write pauline on the clipboard so people didn't think i was just a gay man <laughs> 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 a sort of larry grayson doing the yeah, uh, the restart like, yeah. pauline <laughs> and i was going to be pauline wasn't i Originally, you were wow. you are you were destined to be. Did poorly. I ever do it? You bottled it. I am. Uh, mm. Last minute, said I don't think I think you should do it. I think you'd be better than me doing it. And I a legend was born, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 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 I think if it had been the other way around, it would, none of none of it would have worked. Yes, I agree. I think everything no, I, would have fallen apart. I did uh, Papa Lazaro in the first sort of sketch version of it and uh, not in the way that Reese did it and he, and he was Pauline and we switched and yeah it's, it's really inconceivable now that, that we could have done it that way around yeah. although anyone could go hello there <laughs> <laughs> not a huge amount of skill <laughs> <laughs> hello Davy. <laughs> I did wonder whether that would, <laughs> that would have happened at all on the set. No, no one, no one made the connection. And you all met at college in Yorkshire, is that right? Is the, is the, was it? I'm actually. Yeah. I was just talking about you in uh, Prayer Monjay with my producer, and I've uh, forgotten the name. What was the name of the college? Was Bretton Hall. Bretton Hall. We were mentioning it, and the guy at the next table said, "I went there." Really? Yeah, we're saying all the famous people who've been there. To be honest, I said it was you and Ian Boldsworth who plays Ray Peacock. <laughs> there are some other, there are some other more famous people than Ray Peacock. Yeah. But, uh, but when I went there, I said, "Are you famous?" He said, "Yeah." He wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> um, he was very upset about Jimmy Savile. Was he? Yeah, he was very upset. He was talking to his uh, wife about Jimmy Savile. No. Oh, well, I thought he'd listen to my fucking conversation. I was going to listen to his. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we stayed in. So you, you all met at college because you met like when you're teenagers then 18 or 19 yeah. or, or not with um jeremy as as well jeremy was, was at leeds university all right philosophy wasn't he uh Psychology something like that yeah. or something like that something weird and he was with uh gordon who was our the person that kind of put us together was doing things acting together wasn't he yeah and he was mark's friend and he left your year didn't he gordon anderson who now directs what was it some shit <laughs> <laughs> shameless shameless yeah was he on that yeah catherine tate yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, um, is this giving away my opinions of things? Yeah, it's all right. It's, that is, that's what this is all about. To be right. fair, you think everything's shit. Yes. <laughs> I've already come down on uh, paedophilia is wrong in this podcast, which is <laughs> quite a lot of the audience are quite upset about that. Older. Look at him, look how upset old Specky is over there. About that. How dare you? I'm, I don't, I'm not going to sit on the fence over it. Doesn't agree. Wrong, I think it's bad. <laughs> if I ever have to come down on one side, anti. Uh, yes, yeah, so we did meet there, yes. That yeah. was your question, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, yeah. but that's kind of an incredible coming together of uh, very... Ta when you, basically, the three of you now are responsible for most television output in the country. <laughs> 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 so it's incredible that the three of you were in this presumably fairly small well, we, yeah, the, yeah. theatrical college. They had, um, they had sort of 30 students in, in, a, in a year, and me and Mark were in the same year, and Reese was in the year below. Um, but they we spotted him straight you, away. Do they still treat you like you're, <laughs> you're younger than them and not? We groomed him. Because <laughs> um, Stuart, Stuart, me and Stu were at college and Al Murray was in the year below. And Al Murray had had a year off. He's actually older than Stuart. But even now, Stu still treats him like he's in the, the year below. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kind of in awe of Stephen Mark watching their stuff because they yeah. were in things and I used to go and see them and they'd put their own... Because Breton was shit when we were there. Apparently it got better, but we were... <laughs> It was good closed for the down, fact that it? it left you. It's closed now, yeah. Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah, it's fully yes, closed. Yeah, it? yeah, it's closed. And uh, we 
did our own things, and because that was the, the only way of kind of surviving it. When you got there, they warned you of cabin fever because it was like the Overlook Hotel. It was in the middle of Yorkshire Sculpture Park. Beautiful place, but I didn't really ever recognise it for what it was when I was there. And afterwards, I thought, oh yeah, it's really nice. We went back, didn't we? Don't we went back. Yeah, we went, we went back no in interest. our tour bus. <laughs> went back in our massive tour bus. To kind of just gloat, and they were very dismissive of us, weren't they? Mm. <laughs> Would you like us to come back and do a talk about, you know, the fact that we're famous now? And, uh, and they're like, no, why should we? <laughs> <laughs> what about what to do with the cameras? Or it was really kind of slightly. Yeah, no, genuinely, they're, they're very close minded. I mean, a lot of these places, educational places, they are just in the Yes. They're... They're a bit local, and they, you know, they were they weren't interested in their students really. <laughs> Once they left, that was it. That, yeah. that was it. They were over. So, this, yeah, this, and the training is the more important part. I think it's important the training. Everything that happens well, after that is unimportant. For, in our case, it's the, the you know the people we met literally, and the fact that you could do uh, other stuff off the course. You didn't have to just do kind of voice exercises and Rudolf Lab and physical exercises, and you know you could go off in, and, and book a space and put your own play on, either write and devise plays which me and Mark and, and, and Reese all did. Um, or just stage any, you know, a bit of Ionesco we staged. And you could, you could kind of do whatever you wanted in your own time. The course was something you just had to go through to get those facilities. But the head of, of it, drama, was this old man called John Hodgson, who was, uh, and he, I remember the first day, and we always used to quote it, he three points is really, diction. This is really true. Three reporters is about actually diction, articulation, and cloudish beach. Literally what he said. Diction, articulation, cloudish beach. Clarity of speech. Right. And you're teaching us for three fucking years. Almost every production we did there was a disaster in some way or another, wasn't it? Yeah. We, did a, we did a production of a play called um, The National Health by Peter Nichols, uh, which is about the national health of the 1970s, uh, featuring a number of black and Asian characters, obviously, working in the national health as doctors, nurses. And we were an all-white group. There wasn't a single... Uh, you know, it's unthinkable now. Um, this is 1986 we started. So they said... They brought in literally the crayons and said, right, you're going to have to black yourselves up. <laughs> and um, Wakefield Opera House... <laughs> And in Wakefield Opera House did this production in, in 1989, not, well, quite a long time ago, but uh, yeah, 20 odd year old students blacked up. And so whenever they sort of hugged each other, it was all came up on the, on, on the white coats of the doctors. So everyone had these brown stains all over their costumes. Horrendous. And then uh, we, we were bringing um, a production of, uh, what's that pin to play? The, uh, the Room. Yeah, I think it was one of his first plays, which has a, a black character in it. And me and Mark were both cast as this character. He's blind and black. And um, we refused uh, to, to black out. So you know, it's one thing in Wakeford Opera House, come down to Tufnell Park and do it. Um, and um, anyway, we, we refused, and to this day we regret it, because we haven't got any photographs of us. <laughs> They'd look good in a, in a sort of biography in years to come. But uh, no, we, we, took, we took a stance and said, no, this is ridiculous. And these are the people who were teaching us. I mean, it was disastrous. <laughs> But it sounds like this is the this genesis of nearly all your League <laughs> yep. of Gentlemen characters here. Yeah. <laughs> and go, we could black up, we could have a rubbish theatre group. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's that easy. 
<laughs> so well, well, it's quite interesting with um well, no, 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 how how did it, how did you decide to to do the comedy together though is that did that just kind of happen organically and then you went to Edinburgh because there's a, obviously a little gap there between Yeah there was yeah it's a funny wilderness year isn't it when I mean, you got on you did very well didn't you really doing your own theatre company and working for variety well, we did, yeah. We did sort of a fringe theatre company, me and uh, Gordon, the director Reese was talking about. And, um, and and you were in the plays. You and Mark were both in plays. But it was, you know, it was hand-to-mouth and it was, you know, putting, putting your own shows on. Um, and then we were going to... We ran out of money. This theatre company needed to fundraise us. So Gordon said, why don't you do a comedy night to, to raise money? And... Um, so we did, and that was the beginnings of, um, of the League of Gentlemen. And a lot of those sketches, um, the Pauline and, and Jeff, and the, was the local shop? I don't think it was, but a number of the characters we ended up doing were, were there. But well, Jeremy did Benice, didn't he, to begin with? Yeah. Because Jeremy was in it, and then we got him booted off it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, I'm not, I don't think, I don't think I can do it, actually, I'm going to let you do it. So he just, um, he decided that... Fell on his sword before he was pushed. <laughs> but I think you do. I mean, if we'd gone from being 21 and started to write sketches, what are you going to write about? I mean, it's very difficult, as, yeah. as you know. You need does, the more what, life experience. <laughs> <laughs> they were rubbish. Uh, we wrote about Rod Hell liking jelly. That's what. That's that's what yeah. you end up writing about. <laughs> I remember it fondly. Is it available on DVD? Yeah, it is. Yeah, the, uh, well, <laughs> the second series with Rod Holler in it is coming out very soon. Good. If the BBC will ever let us get through without cutting bits out. Uh, but uh, let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, we, we had we had about sort of five years of doing of really signing on and, and doing bits and pieces of jobs and. Um, but used that time to write and write and write, and we had we just built up this massive pile of stuff. And then, like you say, we were at the Canal Cafe Theatre and we did a few regular shows, and went to Edinburgh in 1990, uh, 1996, and that, that was the beginning. It's strange now to think about it because I never I was saying this earlier. Never had any master plan. I mean, how could you really? But to do to think, oh, it might eventually be on television. We're just doing it for the thing of doing it, and I think that's. The only way you can do it really and make it and keep it pure. I know people now that think, well, we'll do a sketch show, we'll get a sketch show together, and then uh, that'll get really famous, and then we'll become, then we'll be able to get parts and other things. It's like totally the wrong way around to think about it. Like, trying I think to mix so, out yeah. the work. But we were just in it, doing it, and then it was like, oh my God, really? There's a radio <laughs> thing maybe going to happen, and it was just yeah. literally day to day. That's how I remember it anyway. I don't remember a big master plan at all. No, no, no. I mean, you know, no, definitely not. I think you work very hard. I mean, that's, I was, someone gave me a book, came to my gig in, uh, last night and gave me a book they'd written, and I've, it's called Tim, I think, Hello, uh, and uh, it's about ra- ra- comedy on Radio 1. And I, I think I must have seen this book before, but I don't know, there's a whole chapter about me and Stu's Radio 1 shows from the, from the early, ni- mid-1990s, and I can't remember anything about it, and it's kind of just full of, like, all these ideas kind of spilling out, and I think mm. you, just, you just got on with it and messed around and then actually just completely forgot. And there's so many things that we forgot about that we, that we wrote and didn't yeah. use. But you, you won, you won uh, the Perrier, and you're the first sketch group to win the Perrier uh, since... Uh, the Footlights. Fry, Footlights. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that do, is that, doing that, so is that, without that, do you think... Things, would it, did it propel you onwards or was it all happening anyway, do you think? Well, no, I, I mean, that actually was in 97 and in 96 was, was the first year we went with literally our own little photocopied leaflets and standing out in the street. And uh, that we was the year. did our show, didn't we? And Legs of Kimbo's. Did, yes, yeah. We had fly leaves for Legs of Kimbo within our show. That was like slightly... we, we did some uh, street theatre as Legs of Kimbo. We got quite a crowd and no good. one knew it was meant to be satirical. Um, <laughs> 
I think they would have rather seen everybody out than, than seen <laughs> yeah. the League of Gentlemen. But, gather um, around, gather around, come on guys, gather around. We, yeah, uh, it was good, I enjoyed doing that. Yeah, we, we, so we kind of had it in place in, in, you know, from the year before uh, to, to develop the show into a radio series. And the Perrier just can't, it, it helps definitely. Yeah. But, um, and I think most people who've won it have gone on to do stuff, but not everybody. No, no, that's true. Uh, so time out, uh, the depleted magazine. Uh, <laughs> sad though, isn't it? If you, it's sort of sad to see this like pamphlet now it is, but uh, they wrote about uh, this uh, show, and it's very nicely, uh, the comedy critic, uh, the consummate comic, that's me, pictured, and I'm pictured. Don't look as old as I do in that other thing. Uh, tonight includes Psychoville creators Reece Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton, who no doubt will be asked questions about their penises. Well, I think I've confounded... I think old Ben Williams at Time Out looks a bit stupid now, doesn't he? Because I've been doing proper interview questions. So, Steve, have you ever tried to suck your own cock? <laughs> um, no, because uh, it's not possible. Uh, it is possible. Is it's it? Pl- well, not for everyone. No. I couldn't do it now in my fucking back. <laughs> <laughs> we know how that, back, that bad back came about. <laughs> Have you ever tried to suck each other's cocks? That's the because there's two of you. Well, and you've um, known each other so well. For no, so long. I've, I've felt it. No. Um, felt Reese's one. Yeah, have you? Yeah, I think I have. On your yeah. bum when I was bumming you. <laughs> <laughs> not in real life. That's as, as Ross and Paul. <laughs> that's actually not the one I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> No, we, we, did, uh, we did a sort of uh, little... When we did our live show for League of Gentlemen, we had yeah. a sort of lesbian uh, routine with Pauline and uh, what was your name? Cathy Carter-Smith. And I had to sort of grab your uh, groinal area. Oh, yeah. So uh, there was padding, though. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I don't know what was padding. Is the padding always there? <laughs> Is that just for that? <laughs> yeah, even as a woman, I have to have double, double layer. <laughs> that was cut out of the live show, wasn't it, that? That, that, that scene in Dance no. Number. Was it not? No, you're thinking of the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The special thing he made you film backstage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, never. The <laughs> other one. The bit where I was, you were actually... It's a special... In my, up my bum with your car. <laughs> it might be you. You said it was a very DVD. <laughs> Stuart once tried to wank me off with the ventriloquist dummy's his hand. That's why, you know, so I know that... When you were, because you worked together with the hand of a ventriloquist dummy, but he, obviously it's... He had to have his own hand around that. <laughs> How did you sustain an erection? Well, I did it. I did. I did you know, I didn't want it to happen. <laughs> I was crying. I was crying, and he was trying to cheer me up. This could be the new scandal. It is. It should be. I've mentioned this a lot. It'll get. It'll be dead, and then it'll come out, and everyone go, "Oh, Stuart Lee, the ventriloquist dummy wanking bloke." I was 18 at the time. That's practically. And I think, you know, it's different. When I, was, when I was 18, I was, you know, essentially still a child just because we progress at different rates, don't we? So uh, I think it counts. Did he we speak do. to you in the voice of the dummy? <laughs> he didn't even do that. That would have been helped. Didn't even think. You'd like the dummy you'd like. Because I know you are. My, my, it was a dummy made by my great-granddad out of Pape Mache in the 1880s. Was so it really? Yeah. We used it in the act, and then I, it was generally trying to, as people will know here, they were, it's a well-known story. Uh, it was, I, was, I was upset one night in our first Edinburgh, and he, and he thought, he says, he thought that that would be a good thing. It's not the first thing you'd think to cheers, you know. Maybe tickle them first, see if that works. Don't go straight for the ventriloquist dummy that your great-granddad has made. You know, when my great-granddad made that hand, he wasn't thinking, one day that'll be on the cock of my great-grandson. <laughs> the flaccid cock of my crying 
So was he only using his thumb and little finger to do it? <laughs> it's like a little papier-mâché hand. It's a little tiny. You'd like it. I, I should have you... brought it in to show because oh, yeah, you'd love this. Because like yeah. on Twitter, you at night time, you post really scary pictures <laughs> of ghosts and stuff. I posted you one particularly tonight. <laughs> you it was did. Yeah. It why, was why are you doing this? I'm alone in the house. <laughs> Though I, I did, that, that's why. I did once, because when I went back to my parents' house once, uh, they'd got the dummies for some reason, and without telling me, they put them both sitting underneath the dressing table in the bedroom, so we came into the bedroom, turned the light on, and then these two very scary dummies. So I took a picture of them, but then I took a picture of one of them crawling towards the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, so you're, you know, you're very close, the two of you we work are, together. Yeah. We've known each other. Anything like that ever? No. One of you been a bit drunk? <laughs> no, 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 no. Unfortunately, no. We could say no. We get it all out in our work. <laughs> I mean, Reese has taken me roughly from behind. Yeah, when I was Pauline in series three, that was experience. Yeah, it was we, funny to write funny it. We're killing it. ourselves laughing writing it, and they said, "Right, Steve, get in, hitch your skirt up, bend over the sofa." <laughs> It, your dignity is <laughs> a long way behind you. It wasn't a closed set or anything. It was just more people came in. Who are these people? Just, was that something people really wanted to see? Yes. I, it, <laughs> I thought more people would have left. It's not a closed. It's not a closed set, but we, no one wants to no see. No one bothered. Yeah. Closed set. It was very sordid, but then I think that I, it, as we were doing, it, I was thinking, oh God, this feels really not funny. So I managed to kind of push my glasses up my bridge of my nose, and that saved that it. Saved think. it. Yeah. <laughs> He twisted the glasses and he's like, thank God, it's funny again. Yeah. <laughs> but we were talking, actually, we were talking about stage of that because I was going to mention Papa Lazarou, actually, but also uh, in uh, the Tina Turner bit in uh, Psychoville, which I... Which I Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please welcome Miss Tina Turner. In the hands of a different comedian... And the, and the ventriculous dummy's hand of a different... <laughs> these, these could be quite contentious, uh, contentious characters. I mean, it, 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 how did you come up with the idea? Oh, I mean, I don't know how... Uh, pa, pa, you know, a lot of people can go, yeah, we saw, uh, we saw this morning and there was an unusual guest on. We thought, <laughs> how did Papa Lazarou come well, about? Lazarou came and, about. And, and, and both of them, really. But... Yeah, well, that... I mean, Lazarou's voice came from our landlord, didn't it? From... Mm. We were living in East Finchley. There was a... And he was called Peter Papa Lazarou. Didn't stretch, <laughs> change it much for what happened. But um, and he'd ring up. I've told this story many times. But he would ring up and he'd hello. I'd not dealt with any of the um, lease. You know, the, getting the, the contracts rent for me, me staying there. So he didn't really know how he was even living there. Steve had done it all. So he'd ring up and he'd know Steve was the person that was renting his flat. So he'd there. <laughs> No, no, it's uh, it's Reese. Um, I'm the. Uh, it's them. Down. <laughs> so no, no. You want to leave a message? I want to sponsor. I got this over belonging to you. <laughs> I said, well, he's not. He can ring my. Ah, oh, this is just a saga now. <laughs> so it's just that. I wrote it all down. Let me do it. I'll just tell you. <laughs> We just sat by our answer machine and wrote it verbatim, I swear to God, and that was it. Well, we put it in and thought, Mark and uh, Jeremy, yeah, when we like... read this out to them, they'll just sit there and look at us. Uh, but no, the muse, they, yeah, they, but... it seemed to work. And we don't remember, Jeremy and I had wanted to do something about like a home invasion thing with yeah. people that you didn't want coming into your house. It just seemed to fit, and then we put him in the circus. Gypsies, you can say it. Gypsies. <laughs> 
you can say it and then so uh, you blacked up to detract from it being bad gypsy I know, yeah. what, I know a way to deflect attention from an anti-gypsy <laughs> let's black him up travelling folk <laughs> yeah so uh, that's what we did and then and then the black face was part of more like like clown makeup that's what it was. yeah. wasn't not meant it's meant to be he wasn't blacking up really well, that's because he was going to be part of a, a fairground circus so yeah but it is so, I mean both of those things they're similar in that they're playing I guess with uh, perceptions of it's almost like the perception of like a 1970s you know what I mean? It's like a 1970s mm. idea, especially with the <clears throat> Tina Turner routine. It's like that. In the 1970s, you would have been allowed to do yeah, that. Would have been among among and many other things you're allowed to do in the yeah, 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and probably people would have laughed along and thought it was brilliant. And yeah. then it, so it's the inappropriateness of it is is kind of yes. Made, but I think you know. But do you remember the Brother Lees, the three the three uh, impressionists who used to stand in a line? And do the same act. They used to right. do the same an old McDonald act with different yes. kind of uh, different characters. And uh, one of them, who, who was it? And they did, was it Louis Armstrong? They did, they put the I tights was, over yeah, the head. tights on the head. And um, the, uh, they had coat hangers with lips on. Yeah. And they put them in and they did that. But I mean, it was, in the 70s, it was, you know, the Brack and White Minstrel Show went into the 80s, I think, didn't it? I mean, it yeah. kind of stayed, yeah. stayed of them, which is essentially what, what that is. And it was just a, an um, amazingly, the, the, what, what you, you could do on TV. It was sort of astonishing that that went, that was, pervaded for so long but um i think what 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 we kind of i mean we, we we don't sit there thinking oh this will shock people or this will be naughty to do um i think if the characters are kind of real and you believe that the, you know maureen as, as an older lady thought this would be entertaining to her dinner guests yeah and and you play the full horror of it on the faces of the guests which i think we did we did do <laughs> uh, and then you got the pathos of the fact that you know he's trying to tell her she's got cancer and, and yeah uh, so we kind of felt the whole... Pa- and I, we honestly didn't get uh, any complaints about it because it was so outlandish and, and kind of weird and otherworldly that people didn't think... You know, I that think we the people were... who were offended by it just died when they <laughs> saw it. So someone blacked up, then he's got, oh, I've got cancer, and then they just farted, and oh! Or they thought, oh, finally, a bit of good old entertainment back on our screen. <laughs> No, but we've seen a documentary about Blackpool landladies, and one of them, uh, she used, she used, she said, I, "I love doing party nights for my guests." <laughs> and she went out, and she had this pot of gravy browning. I kid you not, she got bisto out and covered her face, and put this big sort of fry wig on, and her guests. And then she came out and did simply the best. And um, it was on. It was a, a documentary all about Blackpool, which uh, David Thewlis uh, narrated. You, you can see some of it on YouTube. It's a brilliant, brilliant documentary, and that kind of thing goes on in Blackpool today. You know. <laughs> so I was going to say, you know, I thought there's no way that you, you know, you're asking how do you make this up? It can't be just someone you've met that's like this, but it is something you yes, genuinely see. That was yeah, yeah, completely, and um, it just seemed to fit for Maureen's character, and it was you know that thing of undercutting it with this terrible news that he's trying to impart during yeah. this. And I, but I think also that they, even though they're caricatures and kind of crazy, horrible characters and they're all murderers or whatever in this, there's something very human about them. There's very human about the relationship between those two characters yeah. that I think means that that is actually, it's not, when you go, you've got cancer, it's, quite, it's funny, but it's also quite hard, it's quite moving that he's trying to tell his well, we were, mother yeah, about this. That we, we, kind of, we do try to do that, you yeah. know, we try, try and, I think you can make a character as grotesque as you like, but you need to at least in one moment show their humanity and, and, and what's troubling them and why they are the way they are, or, you know, just some kind of tiny moment that lets you into, to, to see the characters more than just a grotesque. And, and it annoys me when people say, oh, you just, you know, you dress up and put wigs on and sell a tape. I think there is 
more to it, frankly. Round of applause. <laughs> It's like question time. <laughs> <But> I think so. <laughs> yeah, so Jed, we're in the jumper because we've had, had it a long time. <laughs> I think we're somewhere, as, as I was saying this backstage, but I think with League of Gentlemen, because obviously it kind of started as sketches and then you kind of put it together into this world that sometimes some of them yeah. were a bit sketchy and, yeah. you know, it wasn't... It, but with Psychoville, it's like a... It is a created universe... I mean, I think I read somewhere you were talking about the way you know, those characters, some of those characters could be sketch characters, the clown who doesn't like kids, and yeah. that could be a sketch character, and the midwife who hates, isn't helping people could be a sketch character. Yeah. But then it's more, so you get the familiarity of it coming back every week, but, it, but there's more to it because you invest in the, in the story. Yeah, I people. mean, that's how we started out, and we thought, could there be a, a mystery to it? I mean, it was all very, it was Tangle wanted to unweave what we thought we were going to do with it to try to create a narrative that would kind of be a cliffhanger ending and do a kind of 24 or a Dexter or thing where you can't wait to watch the next one. Yeah. But we didn't quite know where some things were going, but I think we felt that it was good. We'd read somewhere that the Coen brothers were writing Blood Simple, their first film, wrote themselves into kind of corners to get have to get out of it in an imaginative way rather right. than thinking of the end and then working backwards, so, which I think is sometimes not helpful. Yeah, no, I agree. I was, was going to ask how much you put... Because I'm trying to write my sitcom at the moment and it's not going very well. But I, I, tend, to, I tend to write like... I just tend to write in order. I don't... Yeah. I want to surprise myself so I don't work out what's going to happen at the end of an episode. But I was kind of... It was so... Uh, Psychoville was sort of so... Kind of seemed so planned and worked out. But if, if well, you were some doing things that. were... And we'd, we'd have an arc of a thing. I think that's yeah. great to, right, to end up there. And other things weren't, were they? I don't no, think we knew who did we, it. We, we started, three. we did three episodes about a blackmailer and different blackmail, and we hadn't decided who the blackmailer was going to be. And we hoped in that way we couldn't give any clues out yeah. because we, we didn't decide. No, I think and, uh, and then we made it kind of work uh, from halfway through. But what increasingly annoys fucking fucks me off is <laughs> people who watch it uh, and then... Just you. Yeah, Fuckers. Fucking you lot. No, well, I, I, my bugbear with the reception to the second series, you can get me really angry now, is um, nothing happen, no, nothing's happening. Episode three, still nothing's happening. Well, it, it fucking has. You've been watching things happen. <laughs> no, but nothing's happening, nothing's happening. What's happening? There's no story to it. Where's the story? And what surprised me, and Steve, I think, is how much people... The backstory in the bigger picture is something that is there and needs to be there and probably more there in Psychoville than it was in the league but it was always a, a thing to stitch together basically the strands of those characters' stories but people completely what's the thing of the locket you know in, in Psychoville and it was it, it felt like it hadn't begun until we began that story which didn't really begin until episode four right. and that just really fucked me off because it was like oh yeah it's slow it's don't need a second series there's nothing happening they're stretching it out <laughs> it really fucking made me <laughs> But apart from that, I love it that people love yeah. it, and uh, <laughs> really grateful. <laughs> it's all, the audience are always the problem with everything. I think <laughs> if there was just no audience, you could just do what you wanted. Be much better. You're the problem with all entertainment. It's because of you that Peter Kay gets away with doing <laughs> what he does. Um, I, well, I've got to ask you this, Paul, <laughs> Paul Putner. <laughs> You, specifically. I was looking at you. Uh, Paul Putner is in the audience tonight. and he, asked, he? Yeah, I think so. Where is he? Well, Where? maybe he didn't turn up. He's not here. Uh, so, so, there was a woman screaming in the back. He might just have grabbed. Ah! He's killed again. Uh, he's the Curious Orange, of course. He's best known as that is his best known role. <laughs> best known uh, role. But he told me I, I had to ask. I think it was Reese. I had to ask about Mystic Meg and a hotel room. <laughs> 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 I know, I Many I years ago. Yeah. 
I did an episode of what was it? Lenny Henry's Ghost Lenny, to Town. And Lenny Henry Goes to Town. Um, it's on a par with Davy. <laughs> And it was nearly. Uh, it was my second choice uh, to introduce you with. In fact, <laughs> was it? It was. <laughs> and um, I was ended up for some reason in a hotel room in Brighton, waiting to film the bit that I had to do with Mystic Meg, who was also doing a sketch and was big at the time. And uh, she, it was a very small hotel room, and she was. We were both sitting, and it was an ensuite toilet. And she went into the toilet, <laughs> and. Uh, all the mysticism. <laughs> Eva- evaporated in this horribly embarrassing noise in the, resounded around the pan. <laughs> so I really laughed it. And then, um, so yeah, and she came out and it was really flustered and embarrassed. It was just... <laughs> I thought that's... She didn't try to read your palm after that, did she? (laughs) (laughs) It was embarrassing. And I saw her many years later uh, in Waterstones with a pile of books and everyone just walking by her. It was awful. There's nothing funny about that. (laughs) But she should have seen it coming. (laughs) So, yeah, that was horrible, that Um, Mystic Meg, but that was a funny... uh, I got that out of it anyway. Hearing Mystic Meg pump. <laughs> well, she's, only, she's only a human being, and she seems more than a human being, but she is. And uh, I'd forgotten, but I remembered when I looked at your IMDb page that you were in Match Point by the Woody Allen film. Yes, my one of my least favourite Woody Allen films. But <laughs> all there, of the, yeah. t- the really bad ones he's done recently, and it wasn't your fault. No, I was hardly in it. You were. But what was it like being... It's kind of, if I was... You know, if Woody Allen rang me up, which I'm presuming he maybe didn't do, did he ring you up and say, <laughs> do you want to be in my film, Steve? Well, I, I, along with a number of other, you know, um, people... Mark was, was in it, was he? He was, yeah. He was. He was in it, but cut out. But right. I think he can be seen in the background. <laughs> and um, he... Mark was played table tennis player too. <laughs> and if you look it up on IMDb, it says, John. I said, you didn't have a name. You didn't have a character. <laughs> He said, yes, well, I've got to make it up for IMDb. <laughs> so John didn't exist. And I, I went in and kind of, my agent said, look, it's two lines, but it's Woody Allen film, and you've got to go in and do it on tape, that he's not there in the auditions, he watches the tapes afterwards. And I went in, and I think I picked the wrong piece of paper up, because it was quite a long uh, bit of um, dialogue of a policeman, a detective. And um, so I did it into the camera, I walked away, and then they said, yeah, you've got the job. But to be honest, I mean, he is, he has made some amazing films. He definitely has. Some brilliant films. And one of my favourites is Husbands and Wives, which he, was the last one he made before he split up with, um, what's her face? Mia Farrow. Yeah. And uh, when it all came out. And I think that probably, from that point on, uh, Manhattan Murder Mystery wasn't bad, but then they started to get yeah. a bit, you know, not as enjoyable. Anyway. So there is something good that can come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> out of what? Whatever he was doing. With that, uh, <laughs> Why does it all have to come back to that? It's a theme. Um, anyway, so I turned up on set, and he was actually quite rude, and <laughs> he wasn't very pleasant, and he just sort of said, well, yeah, you, you the, the guy, the guy, you know, uh, sort of ushered me um, in, into place. And then um, we'd all, learned, I, mean, I was doing a scene with Colin Salmon and uh, Ewan Bremner, and we all had learned our lines, and, you know, you wait for your cue in this good old British way, <laughs> and then you say your line, and then they wait for their cue. And then he sort of said, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. Why are you waiting to speak? 
People don't want me to speak. You got information. You need to give the information. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just came charging out. And I said, it's drugs. It's drugs, governor. No, 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 no. You talked over his line. So <laughs> I, I, I just kind of standing there, and the three of us are looking at each other like, what are we supposed to do? We're in a Woody Allen film. Yeah, that, you know, big tick uh, on IMDb. But we, it was actually quite an unpleasant experience. Yeah. Um, it's a good so. directing. Do it like it is in my head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do it now. I think that's how I direct, to be honest. It, I've, people often say to the pair of us, you know, are you going to direct something that you do? But it's, I mean, when you've written stuff and, and you're watching other people do it, it is very difficult to, to tell them how to perform it that is going to be exactly the way you... Yeah. And, and it's, you know... Yeah, we've very... been writing this new thing and it's... We know how to do the parts, <laughs> but we a lot of these... There's a lot of parts in this that we're not in. And um, you do think, oh, God, these are not going to be ruined by people that don't quite know how to do it. I mean, but you do have to trust that, of course, you can get people But then to equally, to be fair... better than us. A lot of people came into Psychoville and were absolutely brilliant and did, yeah. it, did it really well. So we're not saying we are the two only actors no, in the but, world. No, no. I mean, yeah, we... This new thing we've written, we've written it and we didn't even think about parts for us in it when we were writing it. We just thought, what, what's a good story? And then thought, actually, is there anything for us in it? And there are a few things. We find <laughs> ways. Find ways of getting in, yeah. So what is it? So it's, it's, at the moment, it's called happy endings. Is this? Is this? No, no? it's never called happy endings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do we call happy endings? There's already something called happy endings. <laughs> There's two things already called happy endings. To be fair, I hope they don't call it happy endings. It, <laughs> just, just yeah, we know. It was. It was announced as being called that. It to, was. To be yes. fair. To be fair. Yeah, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> In a way, I blame whoever put the press release out about yeah. it, which would be you. <laughs> oh, what are we now? Anything to do with it? It was all wrong, that information. <laughs> no, we can exclusively reveal the title okay. if you want yeah. to have yeah, a let's first. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's a rubbish title. It's so don't go, oh, someone's <laughs> leaving. I don't want to know. No spoilers. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, no, it's called Number Nine. Number nine. Yeah. Yeah, I should have gone with happy endings. <laughs> uh, the idea is that... It, no, it, it, tell them. Uh, the idea is that each week you go to, to a different house and all the houses are going to be number nine, if it's a big house or a flat or whatever. So they're all completely different stories, self-contained little plays, and they all take place inside number nine. So that's why it's called that. Number nine. Yeah. They're all a bit like the episode four that we did of Psychoville. We thought we had such fun doing that one oh, yes. that was all in one room. Not all, that was all one take nearly, or two takes, but this is just, uh, yeah, like, our brief in our minds was like Tales of the Unexpected type thing. So they're a little But bit actually like unexpected, and not completely expected. <laughs> Tales of the... Exactly as you worked it out within the minute. <laughs> all right, so yeah, he's done it, and... <laughs> Some of the tales are unexpected. It's quite hard. To, it's, it's sort of so expected. It's unexpected. It's quite hard. Yeah. It's quite hard to work out what was meant to be yeah. unexpected. <laughs> so sort of sitting there waiting for something after. after uh, yeah, the, that after can't the, be. The, yeah, is it going to be an extra thing that's yeah. unexpected? Oh no, it was no, just. Just. It was a snake or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> we ran out. He turned into a bee. He did just turn into a bee. <laughs> well, that was one of the better ones. I know. <laughs> I don't know why we've done this series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've not copied any of those. No. There. They're better than that. And they're not, it isn't as prescriptive as right, and there has to be a twist, because that's, 
you know, as soon as you hear, there's a twist. I ending. hate seeing like a the film best posters. twist ending ever. It's oh, d- fucking ruined. Exactly. <laughs> I remember seeing um, uh, well when the uh, what's it called the uh, the Usual Suspects came out and uh, they made a huge thing about the ending. So uh, I, I, someone I know had seen it. I said, "Don't tell me anything about it." He said, "No, I won't. I won't say anything." But it's really clever the way that when it's finished, you kind of want to go back and watch it all again because you don't trust what you've heard. <laughs> so okay, whoever's telling the story is going to be telling lies. There, Kaiser Sensei, you fucking ruined it. Sorry for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, but any you know any bit of information you give out. So we we try to be very sparing in what we give out about anything we do, and and it bugs me that people want to know so much information in advance and. I'd, I'm, you know, I'd love it if some if, if a character could die in Coronation Street without anyone knowing about it. Wouldn't that be brilliant? <laughs> Completely unexpected things, but um, you you don't do it. They they use these kind of things to drive people to the show and to build up an audience. And yeah, and, and especially and, with like Psychoville that had most of what was good about it was the surprises if there were ever any left. So if you knew that was coming, there was nothing to it. Yeah. you do have to have some routine. Oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen. So what what what's the thing of it? And it's like, well, if you didn't know, that would have been a really good, shocking moment. But, yeah, it's hard to keep things back, isn't it? It's hard this to keep things age. back, but also try to promote it, you know, and, yeah. and bring Trapped. people to it. Yeah. Well, you've and we failed on both counts in Psychoville. <laughs> what? We failed on both oh. counts, because hardly anyone watched yeah, it. Yeah, no one knows about Psychoville. Hey, we watched, didn't we? I know you lot did. Yeah, we watched it. Thank That's you. very kind. People say to me, are you doing any more than League of Gentlemen? No, no, it was 15 years ago. <laughs> anything like it, anything at all remotely like it, Dark? <laughs> anything at all like it that you might be doing in the near future or just done or anything like it. We did the Psychoville, what's that? <laughs> Honestly, that was every day to me. Every day. And the name Psychoville. Can you imagine living with that? <laughs> I can, yeah. I can imagine living with it and not having a fucking TV show at all. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> but is it true the name slices I read this on the AMD database I like to call it that twice that <laughs> uh, <laughs> Psychoville was the name that the League of Gentlemen was in Japan and Korea is that correct? that's correct wow. yeah yeah. and we tried to find a similar thing for the next series but we couldn't think of anything because it hasn't yeah. been sold to any other countries <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah there was a nice link between um, in fact you hated the name didn't you to be fair yep um, still <laughs> What, what we did, we went on, you know, AQA, uh, the, the sort of text answer providing service, yes. and we, so we, we texted oh, yeah. them and said, uh, is Psychoville a good name for a new comedy show on BBC Two? <laughs> uh, what was the out. answer? It was, yes, it is a good name. <laughs> so that's how we that arrived there. Oh. Oh, have to do it then, shit. So there's some I didn't... student out there somewhere. <laughs> but I didn't realise yeah. they'll answer any question. It doesn't have to be factual. It can be anything <laughs> yeah. at all. So that's how it's we, like asking uh, Siri where to bury bodies and things, isn't it? I always do that. Pardon? <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> uh, that is not relevant. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to an emergency question because I haven't had to do any. It's been so I've been interested with these guests. So um, <laughs> Ooh. I'm joking. I only have good people on this. Um, I won't ask that one. If you, ha- if you could have... This is good, because uh, one of your characters has a false hand. Uh, if you could have a hand made of ham, or... Wait for the rest of the question. That's not the question. <laughs> or an armpit that dispenses sun cream, and you had to choose one of those things, which... Be- uh, before, don't answer yet. The ham 
would regenerate if you ate it, but only slow. You couldn't just, it's not like a perpetual hand of ham that you could eat forever. It would take time, but it would grow back. It would work as a hand when you, if you hadn't eaten it, but mm. if you ate it, you wouldn't have a hand for a bit. Okay. But then it would grow back and be a fully functional hand. Yeah. I'm just saying you wouldn't have unlimited supply of ham. Yeah. You couldn't say, well, I'll open a ham shop. Oh, and the sun cream would be restricted to one bottle of sun cream a day. So again, you couldn't set up... It's coming out of your armpit. Which it, of those you, two... You, you get asked all the time, I know, but how... Which... <laughs> if you have any subsidiary questions, do fire them back. Can you... Uh, is it dri- dribbling out your arm? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, you I imagine it. you would dispense it by oh, moving right, okay. your arm like that. I, I, there must be some cap on it. So that, you know, just if you were doing a duck impression... It didn't just start coming out. That would be embarrassing. The, <laughs> sort of your shirt was suddenly full of. But yeah, you know, it'd be useful if it was sunny. You could, you know, put it I on yourself. I'd have, and your I'd have, do you want me to answer? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yes. Would well, have... Why would I ask it? <laughs> want you both to answer? <laughs> I would have the hand of ham. Would you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Some, fan, some fans of the ham hand. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't know why. I, I have to agree. I mean, if it was like yeah. shower gel or shampoo or something useful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah, it's a but... sun cream thing. It's only a month, maybe. <laughs> it's useful, and then the rest is yeah. just a bind, isn't it? It's just under your arm. <laughs> it's good, it's and it might build up. It might build up. You might start to develop sort of a huge shoulder, <laughs> like sort of Popeye arm, yeah. uh, full of sun cream. Ombre solaire. What kind is it? <laughs> well, I think you'd be able to choose. Rob Delaney did ask a very good question what factor right. cream oh, would be because right. obviously that makes a, it's a big yeah. difference I don't really I haven't thought it through that far this has been asked before <laughs> I asked it last week and I'm going to ask it next week to right. get to <laughs> I have a feeling I know what he's going to say uh, because I did his one last week it's going out next oh. week it's very confusing I, I can't I keep on not wanting I can refer to something that hasn't happened yet I feel is like it very thin <laughs> I'm not is it like a wafer, wafer, wafer thin yeah, ham? Yeah, I think it'd be wafer thin ham rather than like a ham hock. <laughs> oh, he's changing his mind well, now. Right, I'm wondering now. <laughs> no, we'll we'll stick with the hand. Feed yeah. your kids with it if they're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> a little nibble. little nibble. I don't know whether animals would go, you know, they might go for it and stuff. You're walking down the road, dogs might just start jumping. You'd probably have to have some kind of smell, protective glove. I mean, it'd yeah. be a... In a way, both of these things would be a curse. They both sound... Yeah. They both sound good. You wouldn't be able to fly anymore, would you? Because there's so no liquids. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Although we, people piss up then, they're allowed to. <laughs> people are allowed to go on places with liquids inside yeah, them. Yeah, true, yeah. But that's one part of the problem, isn't it? Because you could put... That's what I've always... I, I like thinking up uh, terrorist atrocities. <laughs> right. And I saw once I was... And this nearly happened. Once I saw, was at an airport and I saw a very large-breasted woman going through, like, very voluptuous woman. So it could be full of and things. And I thought you could just put, like, some of the... Put the stuff that goes in the, the uh, Oasis bottles inside there and just have a little prick. They go, oh, bang. <laughs> yeah. Then that's actually happened. People have tried to do that. And they, they put them in their pants and their shoes. People have tried to do it in... But don't people uh, who've had implants, don't they explode as well? They do sometimes, Yeah. yeah. So, so if you like when your... you feed um, uh, paracetamols to pigeons and their stomachs explode, don't they? Yeah. Don't yeah. give people Sorry, ideas. Do you, but you strike me as the kind of people who would be sitting at home thinking up murders and atrocities. No, we don't at all. <laughs> you used to with animals, didn't you? Oh, the don't classic, bring classic that serial up. killer uh, trope. <laughs> Burying uh, birds and dogs. I and... didn't bury a bird. Well, a I wasp and a bee. A wasp and a bee. 
<laughs> now, a, a jar of bees and some worms to see who would win. Well, uh, they were alive and you buried yeah, them alive. Yeah, I buried them alive, yeah, and then I dug and them up again and it was just, uh, they were all dead. <laughs> you needed some kind of viewing. Conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put stuff in jars underground unless you want it to die. Yes. I thought the worm would have the better shot. The worm was all bloated like it had been stung many times. <laughs> they were in the same, in the same jar. I imagined it was so two that, different jars, but you like made no, a, all the same you made jar. a war. It was all in wrestling with, uh, yeah. with insects. Yeah, I know. It was cruel. It was cruel. I realise that now. <laughs> <laughs> And are you as obsessed with serial killers as you appear to be? And who is your favourite of the serial killers? Uh, well, with the proviso that what the serial killers do is probably bad. Yeah. Apart from Dexter. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's hard and it conflicting with Dexter. I love it. Yeah. But you, yeah, anyway, that's another conversation. Serial killers. Yes, I was obsessed. I got pulled myself back out of being as obsessed because it was unhealthy. But uh, it was interesting being able to... Because I was going to do David as well. I want to remember that. We were yeah. actually going to do the way around with, I just thought of this. Maureen now. and David, yeah. Maureen and David, yeah, it was right. going to be me, but I thought, yeah, better for Steve to do it. He could do that kind of, <clears throat> better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't want to play another old woman because you'd done Lomax, that's what it was, wasn't that's it? That's right, yeah. yeah the old age old makeup thing. started to take its toll <laughs> so that you could never tell when it had come off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, no, we did, a, we did a few YouTube videos. There's a few YouTube videos out there of David and Maureen talking to the world and a lot of people have responded yeah, not knowing who is this sick fuck you jerk <laughs> a lot of Americans you yes. jerk serial <laughs> killers aren't to be celebrated you jerk because <laughs> I think I think this exact conversation we're having now with David and Maureen and she says David who is your favourite serial killer and who was it um, Berkowitz Berkowitz son, son of Sam son of Sam because a dog told him to do it <laughs> and uh yeah, but you didn't like Berkowitz because you thought a dog told you that's a bit far-fetched. That was a bit far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> who was the one who was played by Danny DeVito in the film? Berkowitz. Okay. Well, yeah. well, there you go. You should have played David. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, weirdly, the crossover with you and Whitechapel, you were doing the Ripper thing at the same time, weren't you? I was, well, nearly. Yes. Yeah. So you had the, a... the canonical five. The canonical five. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing. Uh, yeah, my, I was a ripperologist in yes. uh, in uh, Whitechapel, and I had a book as my character had written a book all about Jack the Ripper. And if you watch in uh, Psychoville uh, series one, when I'm in bed reading a book about Jack the Ripper, <laughs> it's the one that my character in Whitechapel had actually written. Uh, I, I was reading it under the bed with a torch. Um, <laughs> but I, well, a lot of this comes from. I was in. Remember, is it still there now? Down Charing Cross Road, Murder One. Uh, it's horrible. It was all murder books yeah, and I crime. I don't think it's there now. But I was in there one time. There was uh, an IRA bomb right outside it oh. uh, that didn't go off in the phone box outside. Right. That would have been ironic, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, a book about it. <laughs> yeah. And I was in there once and a big fella came in with his mum, like, literally Maureen and David, and, and led to the murder, the horrible murder crime bits. I was in there as well, so I can't, not judging. <laughs> <laughs> and he grabbed a ripper book. I want to see the picture of Mary Kelly. <laughs> And he just sought out that horrible picture of Mary Kelly with her nose off and her hand in her stomach. Not that I know it intimately. <laughs> Your curtains are made of that, aren't you? <laughs> no, just the print of it over and over. 
Yeah, made of the print of it, not out of Mary Kay's yeah, no, I mean, skin, actual skin. skin. <laughs> I've got a skin and innards that were never found by the... Uh, and you give, gave Chubby Brown some TV work. That's only TV work. It's yeah, funny, was... Chubby. He was very quiet. Right. Suspiciously quiet. But he was very nice. And he said, I said, is there anything you wouldn't joke about, Chubby? I wouldn't make a joke about a lady wiping herself. <laughs> Well, that's because there aren't any. Yeah. Does anyone know a joke about a lady wiping herself? <laughs> well, he's, he knows not to go there. Yeah, that was what he said. That was his advice. Wouldn't make a joke about a lady wiping herself. Not nice. No. <laughs> so, yeah, and he, was, uh, he didn't really get why he was there. He said, uh, no. someone's told me that I should do it. And, he was nice enough, wasn't he? No, he was very like Jesus Christ had arrived in Hadfield where we filmed it when he turned up. Everyone running out with their right. bootleg videos of tapes in those days of, yeah. of Chubby. And he was signing them all the way. And, I was... and so it was just because you'd named the town after him yeah. there wasn't like so a master plan. So would it be ironical to have Chubby be the mayor himself? Yes. So that was but it. But he nicked all the street signs. Chubby said, said, yeah, welcome to all, Royston Vasey. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> he nicked them all. Yeah, but he was, yeah, it was uh, nice enough. I'm going to ask an emergency question. It's gone quiet. It's going to be quiet. You have to always keep going. Silence no, is fine. No, it's not. It's, a, it's, the de it's, it's bad. This is, oh, I told you it would happen. I know. I told you just surprised. about it. You, you said we pushed still... through it. I don't I know, know how long yeah, we've done, yeah. actually. I forgot to look at the no, beginning. No, I don't know how long feels like done. a long is time. Bore, are you bored now? Boring. They'll, they'll, they'll never get bored. That's the problem. I do, I do a podcast where I play myself at snooker in my basement for half an hour every week. And you I'm going to do it. Uh, uh, pardon? What? Did you just hear balls clicking? No, I, talk, I commentate on uh. it myself. That's different characters. And it's no, there's no jokes in it. It's just me doing, doing it seriously. <laughs> and uh, and uh, people, and I'm going to keep doing it until no one's listening to it. <laughs> but people keep listening to it. They just, they'll listen to it. That'll show them. <laughs> Very excited. I've got quite into it, yeah. but I'm a bit. Well, it's a bit similar. When you start inhabiting kind of in slightly insane characters, do you worry that that will actually? Uh, there's an episode of a cold itch which I keep going on about called Tweedledum, where yeah. a man pretends to be mentally ill in order to escape cold itch. But spoiler alert, <laughs> he goes mentally ill. Right, it's like Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, does that worry you that playing all these? No, I don't. I think we. I think it's healthy that we do it. Otherwise, what? Imagine what I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you see, I mean, you would be a good serial killer because you seem like really normal. You seem like the kind of you could work in the DHSS and be, like and be, and be flushing, <laughs> flushing people down your toilet, and yeah. pretending it was Kentucky Fried Chicken That's afterwards. Right. <laughs> yeah. but you seem like that, whereas you seem quite, you know, like genuinely normal. But you seem so I seem like a victim of. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but that's as frightening as because you know the really good ones you don't know, do you? That's the, that's the thing. That's so you're, the I'm thing, a bit scared. Yeah, they'll never stop. <laughs> <laughs> you come in in your anorak, you know, which uh, is an odd thing to do, even if you've got a bad back. That doesn't. We're don't on mind stage. Me, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get up. <laughs> I'm just just trying to try and out. Oh. Okay. Good. He's up. Let's have a little walk around. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, but we can stop at any time, or we can just no, carry no, on talking. No, no, it's fine. It stiffens up a little bit. Um, let me. Uh, well, this is good. This is actually this is one of my regular questions, but it will seem like it's been adapted especially for you. Have you ever seen a ghost? Oh, good ghosts. Let's talk about these. No. No. 
<laughs> we did actually go to a haunted house uh, for a Radio 4 documentary. and um, This was such a laugh. Was it called Ram House? The Ram Inn. The Ram Inn, which in is Luster. even more a carry-on... Uh, <laughs> the Ram Inn. A carry-on title, ghost hunting at the Ram Inn. And, um, oh, he'll put the willies up you. And... Uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> We, uh, we sort of uh, got there, and there was this absolutely insane guy uh, who, who sort of lived there, and it John. was just a dump, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't an habitable house. Well, he lived there. <laughs> yeah, like Stigger the Dump. <laughs> and um, It was really funny. It was, um, it was reputed like 14th century, and it was full of devil worship and child abuse. Once again, we come back to the theme <laughs> of the night. And... Um, <laughs> Yes, so we were taken around. We had a medium with us, didn't we? Yeah, we had a medium, and we did a sort of uh, seance, and um, she said, I'm going to do a tapping seance. So we did the glass moving, and everyone thought that the other person was moving Jeremy was frightened. It was really funny. (laughs) He he is very susceptible to that, I think. And, um, and, and And one of the questions was, what is death like? And it's spelt out, nice. Nice. That's quite reassuring. Yeah. No. And then so the friendly. It's all right. <laughs> no, I don't know if he did it in this voice. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's nice. Well, it's imagine right. it did. And don't then, worry. Don't be so scared about it. It's nice. It's yeah, quite nice, a nice, nice ghost to have around. And then Mark said, if, right. you, if you were um, in the 14th century, why aren't you talking to us in Saxon French? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and, it, and it sort of went F-O. Uh, <laughs> and, and then we did a tapping thing. So this was not, you know, none of us were doing it. And I was looking, I was sitting next to the medium. I was watching her. Her feet and hands were completely still. She wasn't doing any tapping. There was just the four of us around the room. And the, that was really creepy because yeah, we definitely... We started hearing it was responding with taps. Not bath taps, natural. And it was, it was like, oh my God, this is... And there was a parapsychologist there as well who was recording it and he was, he was excited. It was like, they're yeah. getting something. Fucking Mark. <laughs> Gate is doing it. <laughs> At the he end of the night, us. we went back. We were so, I was so excited. I can't believe what this happened tonight. It was me. So <laughs> you kidding? That's me. Ruined. If, if the ghost was speaking Saxon French, maybe what is death like? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So Don't, go that. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there. Nice is quite nice, but it's kind of all right. There's a biscuit named after it. But uh, have I seen a ghost? <laughs> No, I really don't think no. I have seen it. Oh, no, fucking hell, I've got a story for you. Yeah. The other week, I went to a, uh, a hotel. You forgot that the... you saw a ghost. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I <laughs> literally put it I was from my mind. I by a ghost. Something really happened the other way. I, we got in free in the BAFTA goodie bag. <laughs> I know it starts in a strange way. <laughs> a weekend, have you been to that hotel yet? No. A weekend in this hotel, so I went to this hotel and we went down for dinner on the night. Two wine glasses as there are on tables. And we were just looking at the restaurant, me and my wife. The wine glass just went like that and I went, huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it pushed its way under the menu of the wine glass. went like that and, and we literally both would, could not believe this wine. I went, ugh. And it, was, it just moved across the table by itself. And it wasn't wet. I was thinking, oh, it's aquaplaning, which is the thing that happens with... And it, just, it was actually hard to push it. It was like marble. <laughs> it was really strange. I don't know why. Well, I kind of didn't want to 
definitely is a ghost. Think about it, because I thought, this is a ghost. But why 8.15 in a restaurant in a hotel? And then did you get upstairs and Mark Gatiss was there going, yeah. it was me! <laughs> 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 it was underneath of the magnet. <laughs> I'm all ghosts. Mark. I am Mark all ghosts. <laughs> that would be a very reassuring thought if, if all ghosts were Mark Gatiss. <laughs> so that's, that was something that I thought, that I can't explain it. But um, yeah. no, no uh, you know, not a cowled figure, never, no. Have you? Have you? No, they don't, they don't exist. Have you? Uh, no. I have an additional question. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot? <laughs> you mean like a Yeti? <laughs> a Bigfoot, no, oh, a Yeti. Yeti a joke about a Bigfoot. from a different place. A Bigfoot oh, has to be. Have you seen in North America a sort of Sasquatch man? No. This, you know, it's, the problem with this question, I find, no one has. But <laughs> if, if Imagine one time, one time yeah. it's going to just go bang, it's going to explode. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I've never spoken yeah, about yeah, this yeah. before. There was that time I saw a Bigfoot. Yeah, haven't. Yeah, it could happen. It's one of my emergency questions. <laughs> so how do you get on with Mark Gatiss now? He's doing all Doctor Who and Sherlock and is really successful and uh, owns TV and stuff and doesn't work with you anymore. <laughs> what is that? Must be awful well, for you. What's that like? Um... He does work with us. He, he was in Shut up, don't stop spoiling yeah. it. In he fact, must... we're, we're a bit annoyed because uh, we, we gave him a nice role in Psychoville and he yes. said, oh, I'll, I'll pay you back. And then he did a he thing called... He said he put us in Sherlock. He said he did a thing called uh, The First Man on the Moon. Yes. And me and Reese with the moon and the sun. You know, the George Melier kind of thing. We just yes. had to just put our heads through a bit of cardboard and have a pie thrown in them. And that was, that was his payback for uh, being yeah. in Psychoville. But no, we, we get on very, very well with Mark and with Jeremy. We're all still very good friends. And we keep on saying there's no reason why we, we shouldn't do anything together in the future, but we never have done. We're doing more um, Horrible Histories. Oh, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Which is coming up soon, so that'll be a nice day to get back. It was lovely when we did that, because we rarely get together, the three of us. And even rarer, the four of us, isn't it? So we should meet up and think about doing something. Yeah, it's we'll... hard now, because he's planned... He's got things planned ahead. We've got our trajectory with our things. You have to go, right, we're going to do something from this point, and then that will be our thing and not have something interrupt it. That's why it's hard. But um, we would love to do something together. Do you hate him a bit, though? Do you, do you hate him a bit? Only when he pretends to be ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to... Everyone does that to me, so I just thought I'd do it to you, see how you liked it. Everyone with Stuart, everyone's hey, like, must be awful. Yeah, must I hate Stuart. Yeah. I do, but I do hate Yeah, but you do hate <laughs> Good. Well, look, I reckon we've probably done. Do you reckon we've done enough? We've done everything. I think, was, I think we've probably. Why done Why don't you throw it o open to the audience? Do, do we can to throw it open to the audience because they'll be stupid. You see why they'll ask fucking. <laughs> go. None of them will like make me do stuff from Davy from Henry. They'll go. Can you do it? It can't bit? be worse than have you seen a Sasquatch? No, that is that is. <laughs> You'll, you'll be we're dreaming of that question. What's, Ham hand. What, what heat sauce do you have when you go to Nando's? That's my other question. <laughs> I've never been to Nando's. Oh, so you, this is the way you find out whether they're normal people or they've got yeah. all starry. Well, I think you lost them on uh, when I got my BAFTA goodie bag. <laughs> <laughs> there was a free night. I knew hotel. it was. It's gonna... not enough. You get a BAFTA and you're on TV. They give you a fucking free weekend in a hotel as well if you're. Yeah, it's haunted. That's <laughs> It's haunted by me going, why aren't I on TV? <laughs> when am I going to get a fucking BAFTA? Sorry. Um, yes, let's throw it open to... Um, anyone got any questions for... It'd be hard to see. Them. Yeah, there's a man there. He looks a bit like a nerd. I think it could be a nerdy... I'll repeat the question after you say it, sir, so people at home can hear. Okay. Um, how much fun was it 
Oh, how much fun was it working on... I'm going to just edit him out and pretend this is my own question. I've just had a good idea for a question. How, how much fun was it? That's a, it's a bad question because it assumes that it was fun. Right? This, this is why you're not an interviewer. You don't ask that. You go, it's a leading question. Yeah, it is a leading question. I imagine it wasn't much fun. I think Vic and Bob probably aren't that much fun to hang around with. Was, was it fun? Uh, it to was be fun, a, yes. Uh, it was, it was lots right? of fun. You were right. It was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. I, um, that's the answer. That's it, no more, no question. You've answered the question, I'm showing you why. It was a lot of fun. You yeah. could follow, you know, you should have, you should, in the question you said, can you quantify, <laughs> at least on why a scale of one it? to 10 or something, that's you, so a lot of fun, what does that mean? Who was better, Vic or Bob? Who was better? Better. Who was better, Vic or Bob? Who was better? <laughs> better. What? Who was better, Vic and Bob? Who was Bob? No, you can't change the question, that's not. I've been sitting here asking brilliant questions about ghosts, Nando's, and other ones before. I've forgotten the early ones. Ham hand. Who was better? Ham hand was a good question. I've worked on those questions. Who was better? It's like a three-year-old. What is best? Sunshine or moths? Do you want me to answer? Yeah. <laughs> He was the most fun to work with out of Vic and Bob. <laughs> it's very hard. To, I mean, Bob was probably more eventually a, like a real person. Yeah. Jim is like, he is like that quite mad all the time and you never quite get past him. I got home last night and I put on a cape and got Nancy to bring me some cheese. <laughs> and I thought he did as well. <laughs> So he's like a bit mad, but he was great. I mean, I, it didn't seem very long from when I was queuing up in HMV to get their autographs when they were at the height today in 92, whatever it was. And then I was in the back of a car did filming with Did you ever queue up to get my autograph in the no. mid-1990s when I was on TV? No. <laughs> Simon Pegg once queued up to get our autographs for his sister, who was a fan of ours. Really? <laughs> but we, well, he we didn't really queue up. He just came and said hello. He was, he was working on Steve Coogan's tour even then. Right. He hasn't got a sister. Oh. <laughs> His sister's called Simon. <laughs> and I, Bob said, I said, I, and I told Bob I'd queued up and got the Ross case. He said, oh, was I cunt? <laughs> <laughs> and was he? No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was very nice. nice. Anyone got a good question? That was the level of the worst possible question. You can't go... If you go lower than that, I'm going to punch you in the upper arm. And that's Andre a good way to... Soleil will come out. <laughs> yeah. Anyone got a question? I don't really know who they are, do you? I don't, I'm not sure. That's why I've... Yeah, what is it? Oh, that's, you're better, right? Hello. I can't see if you're a man or a woman or a human being, but shout it out. Man. It's a long question already. <laughs> With Psychoval and, and League of Gentlemen, it seems that... This is not a question, this is a fucking essay you've written about. <laughs> Don't just do it. Is it going to end discuss? So that's still not a question. One seems to be more about... <laughs> I'm very rude to my... One seems to be more... I've got to just take the people at home. Shut up. One seems to be more about... Shut up! <laughs> Wait for me to relay the question. With... What's better, horror or comedy? What's better? What is best? <laughs> What is better, horror or comedy? He got down to the... Who would win out of horror or comedy? <laughs> um, horror. 
horror would win. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we we would watch more horror films and, and horror to inspire us rather than watch other comedies, for example. Well, I think so. that's why it doesn't feel like there's a, a big. I can't really think of any other comedy that you'll like. I may be wrong with this. The inspiration seems to me to come from things like Tales That Witness Madness or that sort of those sort of Hammer films from the 1970s. If anything was maybe the starting point of it. So yeah, I think that's you, what, it's, it is very funny stuff, but it's not. It's a kind of individual take on. comedy. It's like putting a bee with a worm. And the worm ends up looking like a sort of. Like it swallowed several bees, and yeah, we 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 just enjoy throwing all those things in, and then if you throw in the kind of pathos and a bit of drama as well, and have a very horrific things, and hopefully some, and we're not afraid to do big gags and big silly slapsticky gags as well. Uh, not you know we quite like that. So yeah, just extremes of anything really is is good for us. I'm surprised that how many people um, find our stuff like unwatchable, and it's oh it's horrible, I can't bear it, and then others like watch it and. Think it's like Mr. and Mrs. Tiggywinkle, and it's really don't find it horrible at all. So it's yeah. just interesting to me that that the spectrum is you know so wide, and it's nothing to some people, and some people they find it really like dark. I looked at it the other night; it was on the clips in on the some program, and it looked so um, broad to me. It felt really kind of like not dark. It looked like we were like caricature, like cartoon, like characters. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's sort of disturbing, it. but it's not. I mean, it, it, you know, it, well, you don't know. Do that's things will scare some people and not yeah, other people. Yeah, but course. it's obviously it's clearly comedy. But I think there is a there's a there's a darkness to it. It's about murder and brothers and yes. sisters marrying each other and to sort of that I sort suppose. of thing. That's a bit odd, you know. I think yeah. those clips were on the history of light entertainment, so they probably chose things that, <laughs> that you know weren't the extremes of what we do. But um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, that's why we've carried on writing our own stuff and, and doing our own stuff because hopefully there isn't anything else too much like it. So I think this new thing, when we were conscious of you know the people thinking it's just the same again, or oh yawn yawn, they're doing their dark comedy thing, and uh, we're aware of that and not wanting. To, we've never, I hope, we've never done it. Tread. Water. It's why I get frustrated when people say it's just it's the same again, or they shouldn't have bothered doing another series of that. Because I really, I think I, we're fans of it, and we like. And we, I'd hate to think people think we've we're lazy or we've <laughs> written a first draft and not gone back and kind of you know. I do think we try to work hard at it, yeah, but, but you of course can't you're not going to. You, you can't, can't listen to these people. I know. Yes, <laughs> but they are, they, that's kind of, people saying that kind of—they're trying to get a reaction out of you, and it's also—it's just a, an opinion anyway. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. someone's incorrect in this case opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it's—you know—it's sort of—it's that people show. I think often the you aren't like a fan because fans ask do I like that? They'll just go. Oh, they'll see one second. And go. Oh, it's all the same as before. It's not. They haven't moved on. Yeah. Because if you love something so much, you kind of your expectations of it go too high. I think. And of I course. Think yeah. And you can never do what you do and did. Again, because they've got a handle on you slightly, and so it's kind of like, you know, with the second series of Psychoville, we kind of knew, people knew the tone of it and the idea behind, oh, there's always some kind Why of don't you, thing. instead of doing this new series, Happy Endings, the brilliant happy endings <laughs> that you're doing, why don't you um, just get one of those fans to write an episode, a series of Psychoville and just do what is written by them? <laughs> I think it'd be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be worth it <laughs> for three hours having to watch someone else's idea of what the characters would do. Yeah, that's and you funny. Have to... you know, people lay claim to how you, you should do yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He and wouldn't it... do that. <laughs> well, I'll fucking be the judge of that. <laughs> anyway, yes. So it's funny. You can get eaten up by worried about you know what you think you're putting out there and how people's reactions to it, but you can't listen to it. It's fatal. I, I know it's very hard, but that's what comedy. You know, but that's what comedy is. If if you get a tweet, someone going, "Oh, I hate that joke in a set or whatever." However, 
hard you try to push it out of your brain yeah, yeah. when you get a review when you get to that joke there's still a part of your brain going oh god this is the bit that that person said yeah, yeah. even if everyone or else laughs at it and so they you know they're, they're very clever these people they wheedle into your brains and that's the way they get power to isn't make, that, isn't to that make what a, that twitter is yeah, it's just pretty a big funnel going into your brain that people can pour shit into yeah. it can be but there's a That's funnel coming out it. of my anus that can, I can, and there's a kind of spray attachment on it, that can, and it goes to more people and yeah. covers them in my own excrement that includes the excrement that has gone through the funnel into my gut, and then the human centipede, yeah, <laughs> the human funnel squirting. Is thing. it called the human centipede? Is that that what that film is? Yeah, right. Phase two. Complete. Should do. Uh, why don't you do a psychoville about? About that, put that in Psychoville. That's just an idea for you. So, um, I, <laughs> I tell you, I would like Psychoville. It was good. I t- can I give you one piece of? Yeah. I really liked it. I'm a big fan of it. There's one way it could have been better. Yeah. You should have put a Shrek in it. <laughs> if there was a Shrek in it, it would have been a much better. What's the thing of you and Shreks? <laughs> I just you've got to put a Shrek. Just in put it. Shreks in. Put a Shrek in it. That Betty Blue Eyes. That the, imagine how successful it would have been. Well. If Down the just road. a Shrek could come in, Shrek in instead it. of a pig. Still on now. Well, and the pig, because I'm not saying change everything. That'd be insane to take <laughs> the pig a, out. a pig, but with a Shrek be, <laughs> It could be both. I saw uh, Shrek 4 this week because I had a child staying at my house. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it's your disgusting one with my... It was his daughter of our friends. And you still haven't got a television series. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, and she was uh, watching Shrek 4. Uh, and it's the first time I've seen where someone's taken my advice and they've put a Shrek in it. But they put too many Shreks in it. That's the thing. Is, so it's one. If you watch Shrek 4, there's a lot of Shreks in it. Is there four? Well, no, there isn't. There's hundreds because there's an underground movement of Shreks that are, that are then trying to get, get back at Rumpelstiltskin or something. I, don't I haven't really seen any Shrek. Uh, well, first of all, watch Shrek. And then watch Shrek 1. Then reimagine Psychoville with a Shrek in it. Right. Ted, this is going down a lot better at home than it is in here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with an audience who don't know what I'm talking about. Put a Shrek in it is my advice. If you get, if you get stuck, that's what I'm going to do with Rara Rasputin. Put a Shrek in it. It might lead to legal problems. <laughs> <laughs> Put a Shrek okay. in it. On that, on that bombshell. We got another, well, let's have one more question. Let's get a good question from... Look at that. Straight in now. Someone there. It's a lady, I think, in the fifth row. Yes, blonde lady with the glasses. We've turned into question time. <laughs> She's laughing now. Do you um, adopt your characters from a TV programme from bedroom role play? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, madam. Which one do you want? Which one do you... Oh, it's Do you adopt your characters... This is like the kind of question I would ask. You can come and do next week's show. I'm not here. Uh, do you adopt your characters in the bedroom? No. Do, would you think anyone would find that? I mean, there were probably people in the audience who might find it sexy, but yeah. I no, can't imagine your wife would be... Oh, brilliant, here's Papi Lazarou. <laughs> here's Maureen. Oh, that's got me going. Right, come on. <laughs> no, we don't. I do afraid. a bit of Fifty Shades of Pink with Pauline. Um, <laughs> and her Exocet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Exocet, what was that from? I'm not going to say where the Exocet is from, but it's, it's a name given to a, uh, a, a pleasure device uh, used by a serial killer's wife. And Maybe. Rosemary. I think, I think it's just, let's, let's just end it on Rose West. Rose West. 
Rose West. Rose West. We've lost them. Had the Exocet. She's not. She is a serial killer in her own right. Don't put her down. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's the typical. Typical, isn't it? The, the female serial killers don't get. Recognition. The recognition she the male won, ones get. They're just always just, just wife. She, she did, did win yeah. a BAFTA. Yes. Wasn't there a great... I said to Dominic West who won for Fred West. Yeah. I can't believe you never thanked Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Without whom... Anyway, yes. <laughs> it's a good... Would you, which character would you like um, the lady who asked that question? <laughs> This is what David Dimbleby does, isn't it? Uh, which character would you like to have sex with? It seems like you were asking for yourself there. Would, and how much would you be prepared to pay? Tubs. And uh, how much? <laughs> 50p. 50p. 50. Should have started lower. <laughs> I can't believe it. Would you, you know, do that? all the original Tubbs outfit got, where did you take it? To a charity shop in Muswell Hill. Yeah, went to Oxfam. And it was just on a peg in Muswell Hill charity And it shop. went for about £20. The entire um, outfit. Why did you do that? You could have auctioned it off for charity. We, it was for charity, it's for Oxfam. You could have auctioned it. <laughs> <laughs> but in Muswell Hill, I don't think people are that... Not bothered, are they? No, I wanted it. It's where we used to go to get all our dead man's glasses. Right. And wigs and... Yeah. But we've still got the padding, the actual padding, which was I wore for about five years. Um, And we've still got that with the hump and everything. And the uh, massive merkin. Yeah. (laughs) The giant. (laughs) So uh, leave your name and number at the box office. (laughs) We can work it out. Be easy enough to pick up. Well, look, it's been fantastic talking to you. It's been very interesting and illuminating. We've got an exclusive as well, so that's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, will you please give it up for my fantastic guest, Steve Pepperdine Thank and Richie Smith. Next week is Peter Sarabinovich. We're back in a couple of weeks with David Mitchell. All right, goodbye. You have been listening to Richard Aaron's Letter Square Theatre Podcast. All of the cool kids call it the Hellas the Hellas With me, Richard Herring, and my guests, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton. It was produced by Ben Walker. The music was by Pess. Thank you to Orange Mark and everyone at the British Comedy Guide for all their hard work in getting us to their nerds. It's a Sky Potato and Fuzz production. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next week. Peter Serafinowicz next week. I hope he'll be good. I wonder what it'll be like. How do you like them sky potatoes? <laughs> Thank you for downloading the podcast. It is free, as always. Uh, if you want to give something back to the internet community, um, it would be lovely if you went to www.gofasterstripe.com to buy a myriad of DVDs and books you can get uh, that I've put out, uh, or other podcasts and things like that. Uh, also, I'm on tour with uh, Talking Cock, my Male Answer to the Vagina Monologues, which this week is coming to Brighton uh, on Friday and Sheffield on Sunday. There are still a few tickets left for Sheffield. I think Brighton sold out. So book ahead. Go to richherring.com and all the dates are there. Uh, if you want to book ahead for the tour, which goes on till June 2013, it's bound to be coming near to you unless you're abroad. Hello. Thanks very much. See you next week. Bye.